Airport Information Mike. Wind at Also, a couple of updates and uh, some other stuff involving aviation. So, uh, sit back, relax, enjoy this interview with our very own Aaron Rumfalo and Jared Harris. Hey, everybody, it's Aaron with the Ramcheck Podcast, and we have Jared Harris on again. I decided to uh, see if he had a few minutes today to record a little interview for the podcast. And welcome back, Jared. Hey, thanks for having me. Hey, um, first thing I want to say is it's been really cool over the last several months um, uh, discussing all things aviation with you and kind of, you know, become closer friends that way. We're always texting back and forth and, you know, talking about the the world events with aviation. That's always been pretty cool. So that's been fun. Likewise. Cool. So, um so Jared is actually uh an avid um you know photographer up in uh up and around the Star Wars Canyon area in Panama Valley. Um wanted to talk to him just you know in light of the events uh over the past few days uh with that F eighteen Super Hornet um God, hitting the wall right there. Um why don't you tell us a little bit about what you've done up there, Jared, and just kind of give us your thoughts about that whole situation up there. Yeah, okay, well, uh, I spent a lot of time up there, in, uh, especially in the Panamint Valley, <clears throat> not as much as Star Wars, and uh, I've seen some interesting, interesting stuff. Uh, one of them was the F-117, pretty cool. All right. So on uh, the morning this happened, I got up at 2.30 to uh, head up to the canyon, Kind of like I always do on my, my days off. And I had a weird feeling. My stomach hurt and some anxiety. So decided to just go back to bed and sleep in. And I woke up to a couple friends reaching out saying, Yo, F-18 just lawn darted into the parking lot at Star Wars. You're not there, are you? Wow. That's so crazy. Pretty, yeah, yeah. I don't know if that was just my stomach hurting from the burrito the night before. Or, <laughs> or yeah. you know. But uh, maybe, maybe a little bit of coincidence. Little, yeah, it's really sad and very, very, very upsetting for all, everybody involved. Yeah, yeah, I just, it just, you know, there, there's so many aircraft that go through that area, and um, you know, so many. I mean, it's one of the best areas for, you know, that kind of low level flying, you know, through canyons and. Um, you know, it's relatively uninhabited. I mean, there's there's nothing there but maybe desert animals. And, you know, you got your aviation spotters, you know, that, that always, you know, want to catch everybody. And it's the parking lot. 
at the top, it's the Father Crowley. Is that right? Am I yeah, Father right? Crowley Vista. Okay, Father Crowley Vista. That's right. Now, I've never been to Star Wars Canyon, and I'm hoping one day I will have the, the chance to if they don't, you know, change it up too much down there. Um, but, uh, I mean, I can imagine the views. and I mean, uh, I mean, it's, cr- it's crazy. Apparently, there were some injuries on the ground. After there was the a impact. family. There was a yeah. family 165 feet away from where it impacted into the canyon wall, oh, and wow. where it impacted into the canyon wall was exactly the spot that I parked my uh, my small car in and hiked down to the edge of the canyon. If I had been there, I would have been standing right where he impacted. Wow! Wow, that is crazy. I can't believe that. Do you so the Navy did release that the pilot was killed. Uh, there was no ejection. Um, I'm sure this happened so fast that even if there was a failure on the aircraft or something went wrong, the pilot probably wouldn't have had time to eject anyway by the time, you know, because... There's no, I mean, there's no way to eject from that, that quick. No, no, exactly. And, I mean, do, do you know, what do you know about the accident or anything like that? Maybe. Well, I do know that from... Several uh, people I talked to who looked at the photographs and talked to eyewitnesses there that the pilot came in from a kind of an oblique angle into the canyon. He wasn't at the typical entry entry point. Uh-huh. And when he came in, he swung a little bit wide. Now, really? that's the, if that's the case, the aircraft is still sliding. Well, wow. he's at a 90-degree angle that means the canyon wall is directly beneath him, and he has no... OSA on it, a situational awareness. Wow. So one of the uh, reports that I read just by an amateur who wasn't there, but gathering all the information that he's gathered, thinks it was possibly an error, perhaps on on the pilot or the GPS. Yeah, yeah. Well, now, when, when these military pilots, these jets are flying through that area. I mean, they're they're mostly flying visually. Yeah, I mean, their eyes are out of uh, you know out of the cockpit because yeah, they're, they're visual so five hundred the walls. Visual yeah, five hundred feet, five hundred knots. Yeah, that's that's crazy. I mean, it, it it just shows you know. I mean, it's sad what happened in the accident, but it just shows how skilled our military pilots are. Just that the fact that there hasn't been more people smacking into the side of these, these mountains there, you know? Well, the, pilot, the pilot wasn't a new pilot. He's been flying for quite some time. It was very yeah. familiar with the jet and with the canyon. Yeah. From what I understand, that uh, he has basically passed through there in the weeks before. Yeah, yeah. I would imagine, you know, that's one of the, the fun places to fly if you're a military pilot. I mean... You know, it's oh, so accessible from China Lake and Edwards, even though Edwards doesn't allow <laughs> their aircraft to fly through there anymore. <laughs> if I, yeah, if I was flying through there, I'd definitely have to wear an extra pair of Huggies or something. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the sad thing about this, I mean, in the end, like, we may not ever really know why that... We probably will never know. Right. And, I mean, it really could come down to something as simple as him just freaking sneezing at the wrong time. I mean, absolutely. you know, because when you're moving that fast, that low, 
um, unfortunately, there's not a whole lot of room for error. That um, is definitely true. Yeah, yeah. Hey, where are you at right now? I hear the wind. I am. Where you're at? I am at the end of the runway in Point Lagoon. Oh, nice. That's cool. What have What have you seen today? There are a bunch of B1 RDs everywhere. Wow. Bird, bird. <laughs> B1-RD is the uh, vernacular we use in the canyon for birds. Yeah, for birds. That's funny. Yeah. No, they've got an F4 on a pole and an F14 on a pole and a bunch of cool missiles. Oh, that's cool. Nice, nice uh, aircraft spot. Oh, yeah. That's cool. Yeah, maybe uh, maybe we'll hear something flying around. <laughs> so, yeah, my, my concern with the canyon is that after this incident that the Navy is going to reroute uh, point Charlie to Juliet to either north or south towards Trona. And in fact, they they won't use that that section anymore. That's my biggest fear. However, everyone I've talked to involved in the Navy has said that that area is a very very important part of their low low level training yeah. regiment. Yeah, and that if anything, it'll be a uh, slow down in tempo, and you'll probably see a bunch of high passes, but they will probably get back to it in the future. Yeah, I would imagine they'll probably, you know, take some time to kind of ease into using the low-level high speed like they did, you know, just just to make sure, you know, everything's good. But, I mean, you know, I, I'm sure you did, but after this happened, you know, we got a lot of, you know, messages and, and direct messages about, hey, and damn, and now I'm never going to be able to shoot Star Wars Canyon or never be, be able to go again. I bet they're going to shut it down. I blah, blah, you know, all this. And it's like, you know, first thing is we all have to realize, you know, it's an accident. Secondly, we have to realize, you know, chances are it, it looks like just either a failure of the aircraft or an unfortunate pilot error situation that caused it. It's, it's not, you know, what, what I like to remind people, and now I'm, I tend to be an optimist, <laughs> and maybe maybe that's because I've never shot there before and I want to. <laughs> but trying to put you know, in the universe, you know, please don't shut it down. Please don't shut it down. Um, at least to observers. Um, if if they do shut it down, uh, just so everyone knows, if you do your homework, put in the time, and talk to people, there are other places around that are similar. May yeah. not have as much traffic, but you might get better pictures. Right. And if you do happen to come across one of those places, please shut the f up and don't tell the entire world about it. <laughs> well, I, you know, eventually something comes out because if if people are sharing photos from wherever they're at, eventually people are going to figure it out. So it's kind of hard to keep things hidden, but. But the one thing we can't forget, though, Jared, is anybody that's going to go out to those places, quote unquote, you're saying, don't tell the world. Yeah. It's going to be the diehard athletes like you and I and yep. our listeners and followers. And, you know, we're going to respect the area. We're going to watch the area, you know. I mean, absolutely. Be respectful. That's the biggest. And if you ever come across uh, something that you've never seen before, also, don't go run off blabbing about either. Yeah. Keep those, try to keep those tight to the vest for now. Yeah. 
Oh yeah, for sure. there will be a time. Are you talking about Are you talking about aircraft or air? Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot of really interesting things out there flying around right now. And if you just spend some time looking up at the sky, you'll you'll see them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. I know with with all the activity going on with you know all the you know new hypersonic aircraft, you know the quote unquote SR seventy two. You know the 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 B twenty one. That's gonna. Oh, that got that got me in a kerfuffle last week. Oh. Really? What happened? There was uh, the test flight of it uh, last Wednesday night. So you really think there's a test flight of of a B twenty one right now? Oh, they've got the audio. (laughs) Oh yeah. Well, tell tell us. I want to hear. I I I remember you and I were talking about it. But uh, I don't I don't remember this specific. Well, over on on a website called Dreamland Resort, there's a guy that runs it in Jorks who lives in Rachel, Nevada. He's got his scanner set up so that he can record all the overnight audio of what's going on inside NTTR and Dreamland. Mm-hmm. He caught an interesting, very interesting uh, recording between Romeo and Ramrod. Ramrod sounded like control, and Romeo sounded like the test aircraft being accompanied by Juliet 41, which was November 99NG, which is the J-Stars Gulfstream from north of Bremen. Oh, yeah, the, the, yeah, November Gulf. And uh, when you put all that together and crunch the numbers, it sounds like it was one of the first operational tests of, of the 21. Wow. Audio is available, and there's a very, very great thread about it right now on the Dreamland message board. Huh. Love to check it out. Now, the Dreamland message board, do, do they, do, does that place, do they pretty much cover, like, everything to do with secret, top secret military programs? Are they into, like, no, Dreamland? No, they are. Or what, what no, is that? no, that's just a website that's dedicated to, to Groom and Homie Airport. Cool. In, the, in the Nevada Test and Training Range. Okay. Okay. Very cool. I know you, you know, directed me there before, and I've I've read one thread on there that was really interesting. <laughs> um, couple others. I mean, there were. Uh, I didn't really have time that night when I went to it. That's where. That's where the hardcore. On. That's where the hardcore dorks hang out at. Yeah. <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. That's man. B twenty one. Um. That was actually the night. Sorry, I take that back. That was the night before the F-18 landed Star Wars Canyon. Oh, the night before. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Well, you know, I don't know about you, but I think you should cruise up to Panama again and hang out, and you'll probably get the B-21 fly right over you. Hey, you, you might. Seem, you seem to attract that. <laughs> well, he's still in the dark. He seems to be favoring uh, nighttime. But it, it looks like the aircraft is at Edwards now. Wow, that's crazy! I can't believe that. You know, all the reports right now is that, you know they're they're building the first you know flying version, but I guess I guess you know this that's manufacturing. You know the what am I going for? What am I trying to say? The so so I think what I'm trying to say is the Air Force has said that they're about to build the first production one. And that's so correct. this that's flying now, you're saying, are like pre-production? The test, test vehicles, versions? yeah, test okay. articles. Gotcha. It sounds like there's four of them. Wow. That's a, do you think they're full scale? Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
Wow. And I would expect the uh, SR-72 to start hearing some announcements in that area in the next six months. So tell us a little bit about what you know about the SR-72. Oh, it's fast, and it's a bad, bad, I can't say the word. But <laughs> <laughs> sure you can. It's the Ramtech okay. Podcast. <laughs> it's a bad bitch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, hypersonic speed. Supposedly it's, it, it's going to have uh, reconnaissance and attack. Um, yeah, it sounds like it's a two-part two part program, two, possibly two types of aircraft involved. Uh-huh. A mothership and possibly a smaller drone. Huh. Interesting. A lot like the uh, the the D twenty one drone in the SR seventy one. Perhaps that combo didn't really work out well, but sometimes they shelve that technology for later in the future when uh, the technology right. is more developed and mature. Right. Perhaps that's what they've done. Yeah. Yeah. With all the you know latest electronics and everything, they can probably control something like that a bit better. Than what they did, you know, back in in the day. But the I'd, I'd imagine they've got a couple things also that that go along with those programs that are way faster too. Right. Wow. Interesting time to be into airplanes. Yeah. Yeah. The the you know a lot of people are talking. You know, well, with the F thirty five, there's not going to be as many you know variety of aircraft, and you know. But I don't really know if I believe that. I mean, to an extent, yes, but there's there seems to be another, like, leap in technology that is finding its way into aviation. Yeah, it appears they stopped trying after the F-22 Raptor. Yeah. And just have given up on traditional propulsion-type-based aircraft and looking at other other options now. Yeah, yeah. There's well, and then when you talk about you know propulsion and, and, and those type of things, and, and you know and leaps in technology, makes you kind of think about you know some of those UFOs the military pilots are seeing, you know, that don't have any signature, appear to have low UFOs. control surfaces, but they're moving those, around. Those aren't UFOs. Somebody knows what they are. Yeah. <laughs> I would say the Navy has a really good idea of what they are, where they come from, and who built them, how they built them. I'm pretty sure they have the drawings for them still. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't. Listen, I absolutely believe in that we're not the only life uh, out there. However, I do not yeah. believe that these are UFOs. I believe these are advanced. Not necessarily from our country either. But perhaps some of them are. Some of them are possibly from other That's why I think on it. I spent a lot of time It's not conspiracy theory. This is more more logic based. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, back in the 80s when people were seeing the F-117, I mean, you know, you report, you know, a triangle-shaped UFO flying through the air. I mean, I'm sure a lot of those you know, UFO report, you know, sightings in the 70s and 80s would probably have a lot to do with, like, new stealth technology and these, these test aircraft. Listen, if we went back to 1960, if you had the ability to time travel, you took an iPhone and left it somewhere for somebody to find, they'd pick it up and figure it out and play with it. They wouldn't know what it was. 
they play with it eventually and kind of get, get, get to the idea of what it actually does and how it works. But they yeah. would know exactly how it works. It takes right. time for that technology to develop, and I think that's kind of what they've done. They've found something, and uh, that was previously looked at back in the 50s and 60s. It was shown that either you, know, you can't do this, this is impossible, this is you know, science fiction, well, no, science fiction, science fact. Right. Computers stuff that we have here. Very, so very interesting time to be alive. Are you saying that this is stuff that, that you know, here on Earth was developed? Or something no, I'm just saying found. some of the, the stealth technology was looked at in the 40s, oh, gotcha. 50s, and 60s, but it was shelved because they didn't gotcha. have the ability to. And the same thing, like if you know, you had found that technology, then you wouldn't right. know what to do with it because you right. didn't have. It. So that's where we're well, at. Well, when you when you look at the evolution of stealth up to what we know now, I mean, it started out with faceted design with the F-117, and then you know you have the B-2 and. The F-22 and the F-35, it's more contoured and not everything is as faceted, you know, as, as before. And so that's kind of what you're talking about. It's just it, the technology sometimes has to catch up with the idea. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that's where we're at. And, and unfortunately, the rest of society in the world is stuck on this UFO and little green men from outer space idea. They can't wrap their head around the terms that, hey, humans are actually a lot smarter than, than we give them credit for. Perhaps, perhaps we've made some breakthroughs in physics and engineering uh, with the help of these new advanced computers that are allowing yeah. us to see these things in a different light. Oh, there's no question. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. I totally believe that. I, and you know, every, every time you know, we just uh, my brothers and I, you know, we went down um, for Red Flag 19.3 just last week. Fun. And yeah, we were hoping to see you, but uh, <laughs> too busy. But yeah. um. But uh, every time you see, like, you know, an F-22 or an F-35, and you just think, man, that is just badass. It's awesome. I mean, the technology, you know, thank God it's on our side, you know. And then you just think, like, what is going on now? You know, what is developed now that we just don't know about? Well, and if you really want to know, you can look at foreign uh, military forums or uh, message boards where people over there aren't aren't desensitized to this UFO stuff and talk about things that they see. In Iran, they've had very, very interesting sightings of these luminous glowing objects that have been harassing the uh, nuclear facilities and enrichment plants for many years. Iran, the Iranian government has come out flat out and said these are United States spy drones. They have the ability to go from zero to Mach 10 instantly and go back to a hover instantly. There's a wow. great story in Forbes. Forbes magazine wrote about it a few oh. years ago. If you know where to find it, it's a good read. Is, uh, is that the story that you forwarded me about the F-14 that was supposedly shot down or, or destroyed by one of these things or yes. tried to chase it? Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. Ah, still pisses me off that 14s are only operated by Iran. Yeah, I, talk, I talked to the I talked to the pilot that delivered that F-14 to Iran. You, it was very interesting. Really, he delivered the final one, and he said they were rushed out of that country as fast as they could land. Damn, that's crazy. Do you remember the year the last one was uh, delivered? It was 1979. Oh, so it was right before. Right, like, just literally right before the... Seven, either 77 or 77. Yeah. yeah. Wow, right before that all changed over there. 
<laughs> Crazy. Um, damn. Well, I tell you what, we can we can kind of keep this short and sweet. We've been going about twenty something minutes, but um, oh, that's nothing uh, for us. <laughs> that is very true. I. <laughs> that is very true. I. Uh, you know, we we can discuss a little bit about everything. It's, it's kind of funny. I'll I'll bring up last night. You know, um, we were texting back and forth about aircraft that were flying around the Gulf that that you know through the ADSB, and uh, it was funny. We we saw that C two flying around. Interesting. We like, That's really interesting. It was so interesting. We're like, what is going on over there? But yeah, it was flying right around, just right down there off the coast of. You right know, through the Strait of Hormuz. Yeah, right, right there. Across the island. And according to the Navy fleet tracker, the Abraham Lincoln was in the area, so that's probably where it was going. Yeah, it's funny to see them broadcasting though, like that. I know. That's what I was so surprised about, especially well, in that awesome. region. It's also nice to see all the ADSB cedars that are in the area picking up that traffic and, and re-putting yeah. that stuff out on the Internet for us. Thank you, yeah. wherever you are. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Yes, that's what us app geeks do. We sit there and <laughs> go on, pull up the ADSB app and uh bingo see what we can find. I what what's the the coolest, rarest thing that you've ever found on uh on the ADSB? The rarest thing to find is actually just a boring old K C ten tanker. Uh with the call sign of Spur. If you see a Spur call sign on on ADSB, pay attention. Pay close attention. So what you're saying is they're refueling probably some pretty cool tech? No, imagine. no. That that belongs to Sierra 99. He does the cool exotic stuff. But uh, Spur typically refuels aircraft that are either uh, on a mission or going somewhere very important. The Spur stands for Special Priority Urgent Request. Ah, well, that makes sense. But if you see Sierra 99 coming off out of Travis, yeah, uh, you typically spend this time out, out in TTR, in the range area. Yeah. He typically looks exotic. Orbiting around out there. So, one time when I was searching ADSB, I actually found a U2 over California. Oh, nice. That's, that's yeah. good. That's rare. I screenshot it, too. I'll have to send it to you. It's pretty. It was pretty cool. Was he above sixty thousand? Yeah, I you know I don't remember, but I'm I'm sure it, it was possibly it was descending too into Beale or something. Oh, very cool. That's but, why. Uh, yeah, I'll t- <laughs> you know I um, a lot of warbirds are on there too. Like if, if you especially you search like military and all that, you know you'll you'll find P fifty ones or you know C B uh, or you know yeah. a lot of B twenty nines flying. I've I've found one of those before too. That was kind of yeah, cool. Yeah, the, the most interesting stuff for me, though, is typically uh, N43A, I think it is, which is the uh, the Stealth 737. Oh, yeah. That's, that's yeah, the key at 51. That's, that's, that's a cla- isn't that a classic 737-200 airframe, too? Yeah, it's a 737-200, but yeah. it's the stealthiest airplane in the world. You can't see it. <laughs> uh, that's a good one to look for. Uh the 757 that they keep at Payne Field, it's got the F-22 cockpit in it. Oh, okay. It's got an F-22 nose and, and some sort of high wing on top. It's really interesting. Yeah, I've seen, yeah, that's right. I've seen that. I, I think a lot of people have probably seen pictures of that. It's so weird looking. 
Cool. And I also like to follow N507TV. <laughs> it's a helicopter I sometimes work in. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. I can always see where he's going. Yeah. That's great. It's, it's funny. At, at any given time throughout the day or night, if you if you pull up, I mean, you, you there's helicopters all over. It's crazy. Especially, like, over... Los Angeles. <laughs> you know, oh, 24 hours Portland, a day. And, I mean, it's like there's so many, like, you know, police helicopters and stuff in the air all the time. <laughs> fascinating stuff. Yeah, it is fascinating. <laughs> That's crazy. I'm trying to think what else. I, I, last night I, I saw an A400M um, over the Atlantic. Yeah, I hadn't heading to Europe. It must have been over here in the States. Oh, those are cool. Yeah, that was cool. Um Gosh, I've, I've seen a lot of, like, foreign military, like, you know, like, corporate jet type stuff. Here's something too. interesting. I was watching yesterday on there, and I noticed that there were seven of the United States Navy's 737 uh, aircraft up. They only have 15 in their inventory. So pretty much half of their fleet was flying last night. Oh, delivering. Weird. Yeah, it was really, really weird. Huh. I wonder what that's about. Uh, I just think they're probably moving people around. Yeah. But yeah. it's interesting to see that many. I um, don't remember seeing that many. Yeah, yeah, that many at one time. Wow, that's cool. Um, well, not yeah. much going on out here at Point Magoo. It's pretty good today. Yeah, it sounds quiet. Just some wind. Just the wind. Yeah, there's no nobody flying. <laughs> what uh, what's still based there out at Point Magoo? They, they um, the, yeah, go ahead. They got the P threes, C one thirties. Two Hawkeyes. Um, I think there's a couple of growlers here. But the cool stuff here is the uh, what is it called? It's the uh, private contractor guys that fly the the Mark 58s. These old jets are really cool. I think the ATAC, ATAC. Oh yeah. ATAC yeah. and Drake. Sometimes Drake has their A4s over here. Oh yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah, we just saw some Drake and or Drake and that's it, not Drake. Drake and yeah, that's Drake and. A4s uh, at Dallas. Those are cool. Those yeah. are cool. Yeah, those are really cool. And classic. They still have the little Kiwi on there from the, you know, New Zealand Air Force. <laughs> it's so cool. Favorite thing with those A4s is uh, always look at the, land, the the front landing gear. If there's a bunch of wires hanging down hydraulic lines, that's one of the newer ones. If it doesn't have the hydraulic lines, and it's just a clean, straight landing gear, that's one of the older ones with the super fast roll rate, 720 oh. degrees per second. I guess they all have it, but those older ones snap a little faster. I yeah, yeah, they're again. Oh, I'd have to, have to uh, look for that next time. I didn't even know that. <laughs> Super nerd stuff. Oh yeah, but that's what we're all about, though. What the hell? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, that's cool. Um, I wonder, um, have you seen any uh, any P8 Poseidons there, at Point Magoo? No, those are up in uh, Washington. They fly down daily to work the Whiskey 291 range. Okay. Off of San Diego. Okay. That's cool. I think it's Yeah. I remember years and years ago when I was working the ramp um, up here in Utah, actually, there was a couple of P3s from Washington that came in this little airport I was working at, the Provo Municipal Airport, and it was the uh, the Marlins. Um you know, they have a big marlin on the tail. And yeah. It's pretty cool to see those. It's pretty rare to see those in Utah of all places. Yeah, those P3s are pretty uh, pretty awesome. 
Yeah. One of my favorites. That and yeah. S3. Yeah, the good old S3. I, You know, last time I saw an S3, it was doing uh, touch-and-goes out in Yuma. They got one here. They got the last one here. Nice. That's a good, yeah. Still flying. Oh, it is. Oh, wow. I believe yeah. so. They had two. and So, I, the... Um, the last one that I knew about was uh, was the NASA one that was still flying, but I don't know. Maybe there is something still flying. They use it for range control for the oh, yeah, okay. range. Oh, they were probably, probably is retired now. Yeah, probably. Those yeah, those S threes were pretty cool. <laughs> they uh, had a unique, uh, very unique. And they were actually pretty maneuverable. Same <laughs> engine as the A-10 Warthog. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's right. Yeah, that's right. That's cool. Nice high-wing design. You can coast those things in. Yeah. <laughs> Funny. Have you uh, have you ever flown in something like that before? No, no. Hold on. No, I've mostly just flown helicopters. Yeah, helicopters. That's cool. Very nice. Well, I think we'll end it there, Jared. I've, cool, uh, man. Good chat. Um, I appreciate it. Hey, I always love talking. Likewise. And, um, you know, it's always good to keep up with things with you, but, uh, you know, we just, you know, want to mention, I'm sure you agree, you know, condolences to the pilot, um, to the, that F-18 that uh, crashed at... Um, you know, Star Wars Canyon. Um, the unit was um, ah shit. I should have done my my homework and memorized. Do you remember what unit they were from? I think it was VX one or V sorry VFA one five one. Yes, one five one. That's right. That's right. Um. So anyway, I'm sure it's hard for all of them whenever they lose a pilot. Um, bad to see an aircraft go down. Beautiful Super it destroyed as well. But uh, you know, let's let's hope uh, Star Wars Canyon will uh, remain open for the pilots to train, and also for us diehard ab geeks that love to go witness what they do. Um, and uh, you know, if, if you know, the last thing that I'll say, if if, if anything, make it a if they want to shut it down, at least you know maybe require like media credentials or I don't know something like that. You know, I mean, they can't just totally shut it down. We don't want that. No, I don't think they will. I just think they need they need to go back and reevaluate. Yeah, I think so too. Maybe requires a little bit more training for that area, or you know, just even sometimes just a reminder before you go out on authority can help. Well, I think what I think is I think they need to have a controller listening on on their channel right now. They don't. It's just Unicom. Yeah, and uh, yeah. they need someone controlling Canon because sometimes you get guys going Juliet to Charlie backwards up up the middle, and that's dangerous. You know, guys coming in making India passes, coming from, you know, Point India rather than Charlie. Yeah. Making that oblique turn, man, that's... It looks cool, but it's dangerous. Yeah. Stick to the the low-level route. I think that's what what they need to get in these guys' heads. Yeah. Yeah. And they got to have Joshua Control or somebody listening, but... Yeah, let's, let's hope... So if it doesn't happen again, you know, I mean, unfortunately, we don't live in a perfect world. And, you know, usually, you know, accidents are just that. They're accidents. 
Yeah, you're unpredictable. But, well, thanks uh, for having me, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, Jared, thanks again. Um, enjoy your time up at Point Magoo, and uh, we'll chat soon. Yeah, for sure. All right, man. Hey, have a good one. Thanks again. See ya. Bye-bye. All right. Thanks again, Jared Harris, uh, for sitting down with us and taking some time with the Ramp Check podcast. Uh, Don't forget, uh, we have plenty of episodes to choose from. All you have to do is go to your favorite podcast provider. That would either be Apple Podcasts, Google, or SoundCloud. Uh, Subscribe and uh, make sure you give us a five-star rating. Well, you know, if you feel it's worth a five-star rating, we certainly do, at least most of the episodes. Uh, share it with your friends, and uh, stay tuned for another edition of the Ramcheck Podcast. Thanks for listening.